iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store Soho. Welcome, welcome. As you take your seats, this is great. We're happy to have you guys here. We're very excited for this evening's event. How are you guys doing tonight? You doing all right? Doing good? I heard a yes. Doing a good right here. That's good. That's what we want. That's what we want to hear. We want everybody doing good. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from Tribeca All Access, Tamir Muhammad. Thank you guys for uh, coming out. Um, I'm the director of a program called Tribeca All Access, which is actually a year-round program of the Tribeca Film Institute. And what we actually do is um, support artists um, to be able to tell their stories by giving them grants and uh, funding and, and other support and access to the industry to be able to continue to not only build their career, but tell the stories that they like to tell. Um, through a partnership with the Nelson Mandela Foundation and 4664, we was able to have five of our filmmakers um, be commissioned to tell a, sh a short story inspired by the words and principles and life of Nelson Mandela. So what you're going to see is um, a sneak peek for the first time, three of those films um, that we're going to show. Um, the filmmakers decided to choose the words that they um, wanted to express and sort of interpret it, um, and documentary and a narrative that you'll see. Later this afternoon, the filmmakers will be on hand with Karen Chen, who is the supervising producer um, for the shorts. Um, we'll be on hand to do a Q&A. Um, and we hope that you enjoy, of course. This is the first of many screenings that we're going to do. And for those who know filmmakers who are interested, um, the Trebeka Film Institute has submissions open for all of its program um, throughout um, December 8th. So once again, welcome and thank you. So please enjoy. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome producer Karen Keen. Pa filmmaker Paolo Mendoza, filmmaker Michael Collins, and filmmaker David Alexander. Hi everyone, I'm Karen Chen. I'm the supervising producer of the three shorts you guys just watched. Um, I'm going to introduce the directors in the order that you saw the shorts so we can make sure we match the filmmaker to the short film. So the first director is Michael Collins. Um, who directed Gerthy's Roots. Michael is a documentary filmmaker, and he has a current project called Give Up Tomorrow, which is about social justice in the Philippines. Give Up Tomorrow was supported by Tribeca All Access and also the Tribeca Gucci Documentary Fund. So thank you, Michael. Um, the second film to be shown was called Promise, and that's by David Alexander. David joins us today from the UK, so we're really excited to have him here. As with, with our panel. Um, David is a fiction director. His short film, Growing, won the Time Out London Best Short Film Award. And his feature film, Together, is supported by Tribeca All Access 2009 program. Thank you, David. And uh, last, um, the third director, Paola Mendoza, is the director of La Toma. Paola is both a documentary and a fiction director, and she's produced, um, I'm sorry, she's directed documentaries and a narrative feature-length film. The documentary is called Autumn's Eyes, and the feature is called Andre Nose, which was supported by Tribeca All Access. Welcome. So first of all, congratulations on your three short films, very powerful, um, very compelling films, and we're really excited to premiere them at the Apple Store today. Um, 
You know, these shorts were produced in a series of five films that were inspired by Nelson Mandela. And I wanted to ask each of you to talk about the inspiration behind the shorts and specifically if, if you want to talk about the quote that preceded each of your films uh, from Nelson Mandela. Um, well, I guess my inspiration for this really, I, I, I just, I was a, a friend, I was a friend of um, the wife of one of the teachers who was on this course and she had been down to Haiti with Gertie before and talked about the, uh, all the environmental problems down there and I, it was something that I didn't know about and living so close there and not realizing that they were 98% deforested and that, you know, it was our neighbors. So I, I just got interested in Gertie. I'm from Massachusetts. She was living in Boston. So I started going, spent some time with her and um, I got to go down on one of the trips. Um, and she just w was one of the, she's one of the most inspirational people I've ever met in my life. So I just wanted to, to be around her and, you know, and this was, for me, it was really just sort of a snapshot of her. I mean, her work goes far beyond, you know, th this one moment. Um, and I felt that it was in the spirit of Nelson Mandela um, I think that quote particularly um, because, you know, it talks about casting off the chains and with Haiti and with the history of Haiti. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, what Gertie says at the end, it's they need to free themselves from poverty. And, and it's sort of a different, different form of slavery today. And the way that, that she's working to do that is through education. Um, I am Colombian, born in Colombia and raised in the States, and when I was given the opportunity to, to make a documentary, I instantly wanted to tell a story about Colombia. Um, I went down to Colombia and searching for my story, I came across what was happening in La Toma, and most people are unaware, uh, most Colombians actually are unaware that Colombia has the most dis internally displaced refugees in the entire world. Over four million displaced refugees in Colombia are living there today. Um, that's 10% of the population. And the people that are fighting this displacement are people very much like Francia and Lisi Frey, and um, unfortunately most of the displaced people are Afro-Colombians or of indigenous roots. And so I thought that that story was extraordinarily important to be told, and also obviously in the spirit of Nelson Mandela, in the fact that um, one needed to, they need to bring, we need to bring justice and equality and um, hope for the four million people that are being displaced. And it was very ironic that when we were making the documentary, we found out that uh, the corporation that was actually kicking them off of their land was um, a South African corporation. And that to me just, again, told us that this was the story that needed to be told. Um, and you know, I went down with my cinematographer who's here today in, in uh, to a very potentially dangerous situation in La Toma to get there and to stay there because of the paramilitaries and because of the death threats. And a month before we had arrived, there had been um, they had massacred seven seven miners there. And you know, I tell that only to say that this is what these people are living through every day. Five thousand of them simply because they are trying to remain on the land in which they lived in there that they've lived there for uh, over three hundred years. So I just uh, thought that all of those reasons were very important and very um, obviously compelling for the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Um, when, I, um, when, I, when I first started thinking about the idea, um, when I think about Nelson Mandela, the, what I think about is making a positive choice in a difficult situation. And so when I was looking at 
kind of like researching it and I kind of came up with the quote, I found the quote, um, that there's no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. It kind of made me want to, you know, make a big issue small and kind of tell it through something that was kind of close to me. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do something political and I'm, I'm a narrative filmmaker, so I knew that I was going to have to script something. So I, I kind of made the choice to, you know, what's for a lot of for a lot of people like uh, your your family is like your kind of it's the most immediate thing around you, and unfortunately, it can be like the place as well where there's like so many problems that you're having to deal with. So I kind of just came to a point where I knew I wanted to write something about someone in a difficult situation at home, trying to make a positive choice, and um, and, that, and that, that for me was kind of. In, you know, it was inspired by Nelson Mandela and, and the whole idea as well of um, of reconciliation. And I thought that was a valid theme, reconciliation in, in the home. So that's kind of that's where I was coming from with that. Thank you, guys. I mean, um, just wanted to pick up on the themes of grassroots activism that I see, especially in Paola's and Michael's films, and just that activism coming from both with within the community and outside the community. Um, and I was wondering if you guys could just talk more about how you how you saw that um, playing into your overall story, if that was an act of choice to choose a story about activism in a short film to be inspired by Nelson Mandela? Uh, for me, yes, absolutely. I, I definitely wanted to, to show uh, the community activists, the grassroots organizing that was happening in that area, uh, because really there is no other organizing that's happening besides the grassroots organizing, because uh, in Colombia, like Francia says, those that are displaced are treated like trash and are ultimately also very much forgotten about. So for me, it was a platform, hopefully, to get their stories out to a larger, a larger context. Yeah, for me, it was also uh, very important. I think one thing that I learned down there is, you know, especially in, in Haiti, but in all places, um, that it's, it's sustainable sort of uh, grassroots work which is where the real change is going to come from you know there there's so much promise of all these outside organizations actually you know helping and uh it that that doesn't really work for any any long period of time so i think that was it was important for me to show that part of this film you know part part of what gerti is doing there is doing something that is giving uh, the youth the the knowledge and the power to take care of their own community and David, would you say it's also safe to say your film is about one person making a difference, right? A change through individual. Yeah, I um, and I, I kind of knew, like I said, I, I couldn't. I don't, I don't think I could. I could write something political, you know. So I had to kind of, you know, make the story, like I say, kind of take the big ideas and kind of tell them in a small way. So, and um, I think it was a. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's kind of quite valid to kind of remind everyone that it, it sounds kind of pretentious to say it but that you as one person can make a kind of a, a you know good choice in your in your immediate life you know so that's so yeah I'd say so thank you no the films are all really powerful and um you know we didn't have the time to show the other two films in the series but there's um the other two films also kind of play on these same themes of individual and uh community activism so it's interesting that the films span a very wide range of subjects and even locations right all three of these films actually are made outside the US or concern communities and uh individuals outside the US um but the unifying theme of the series has really been kind of the activism that's available to us as individuals and us as communities so at this point, I actually wanted to open up the Q&A to the audience, if anybody has questions for the directors up here.
Hi, uh, I just wanted to uh, ask a question to Paula about the community of La Toma. I'm wondering if they, uh, do, do they uh, like enjoy a status as uh, owning their land communally as is established by the Constitution? Yeah, from the 91 Constitution. They, they definitely um, own their land and there are many loopholes in which the government and the, the corporations have been pushing legally to get them off of their land and I'll just go over the most absurd one which is that they own their land and they have owned their land since the new constitution in 91 but the ownership of land only allows them to own what's on top of the land not what's beneath the land so anything lower than seven centimeters under the ground means that the government owns it and that is the reason why they are being ultimately kicked off of their land because they have been stealing from the government for 300 years due to illegal mining and taking the gold away from the government. Um, and that's what they're fighting for in the courts right now, that they don't only just own the land, but they also own what's underneath the land as well. Um, back to you again, too. Um, I think all films were very powerful, and I really enjoyed all three of them. And I think each one of them had a, a very dynamic point to bring out. Um, with, the, with La Toma, yes. you're saying that they only own the top level of land. Yes. Is there any way that, being that the government is not with them, for what are the avenues that are being used now that they will be able to have legal rights to those lands. Well, the good thing is is that they are very well organized. Um, all of the Afro-Colombian community, unfortunately, is going through very similar circumstances, whether they're in the Pacific Coast and it's um, African palms that are, being, that are kicking the people off their land, whether it's the guerrilla fighting or the cocaine situation. It's a very complex political situation, but that in and of itself has united the Afro-Colombian community along with the indigenous community. And so they um, have good legal representation. They have many lawsuits going on simultaneously in the courts right now. Um, they're organizing both internationally in the states. They have a chapter here in the states in Washington in particular um, with some Afro-Colombian activists that have been exiled because they've been threatened. So they've been starting their own activism community here in the States. Uh, so they are doing very, very well. And this is a fight that's been going on, particularly in La Toma, for the past 10 years almost. So, and right now it's something, we were there um, in August uh, for, because they got the date that they were going to be kicked off of the land, which was uh, August 18th was their date. And we actually did a Kickstarter campaign in order to have us fly down there. And we have some of our supporters in the audience that paid for that, uh, that flight. But the, the police were there, the government was there, and the only reason that it stopped, it was the first time that they had about 100 police officers in La Toma, riot police officers. The only reason that it stopped was because of something that was going on in the courts. Um, they were able to get an injunction, basically, to stop the displacement, particularly of La Toma. So they are very well organized, and it's just... But they're also fighting against a corporation, which I started doing some research that has invested thus far in Colombia about $900 million. So, and not just in La Toma, but all over Colombia. So the corporations are not going to, Anglo Gold Ashanti is not going to um, let it go very easily. It'd be great also, Michael, to get an update on the status of your subjects, you know, where they are in the project, in the new project they have. Um, Gertie is actually going back down to Haiti um, in early January. And I know she just had an event yesterday at MIT to try to raise some money for, for the groundbreaking of 
of this particular project that she's working on right now with John Wampler of MIT. Um, aside from that, the, uh, the Art of Living has also started another sort of a spin-off of this course that you saw there called, it's now called the Nouvelle V Youth Corps, and they're training, um, it, the youth are, are going out and they're teaching trauma relief and sustainable agricultural practices and things like that all over the country. And they're all becoming Art of Living teachers. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Maybe one more question from the audience. Hi. Um, I really enjoyed the films. Thank you for making them. Um, I wanted to ask, there, there were such universal themes um, as far as oppressed people all over the world, and I want to, I'm not sure how to phrase the question, but are they, um, are the populations that are fighting and struggling, um, how, how connected are they to the other other struggles in the world because I mean in in your film um, in La Toma just I mean you could take what they're saying and put it in so many different places in the world and it's the same story where about riches and the it's it's you know unfortunate to be the one living on the land that that people want and I'm wondering um, were they connecting themselves to other struggles or um, and how are they how are they organizing you know it's amazing um, you can't I don't know if you were able to see it, but Francia had Michelle Obama earrings on throughout our whole time when we were shooting with her. And the first day that, first day that I met her, she had um, an Obama shirt on. And in her bedroom, she has MLK, Malcolm X, Angela Davis. She has, so she's very well informed um, to past struggles and current struggles as well. Angela Davis was just in La Toma help, trying to help raise awareness uh, at the beginning of September. Um, and Francia is the first person in her family um, that is going to college. She's studying to be a lawyer. So she travels two and a half hours to go to Cali to go to school. Um, so she's very, very well connected. And, and they are the community activists of La Toma and the indigenous communities all around La Toma because it's a mixture of Afro-Colombians and indigenous communities are very well informed, very well educated of everything that's going on. They know that they're not reinventing the wheel, unfortunately. They're very well aware of that. Michael, did you want to answer that question too, or? Um, well, as far as this this um, this group in Haiti, they're connecting with students here in the U.S. There's there is a you know there are exchange programs going on, but as, as far as connecting with other um, groups going through the same thing, it, it's not not that I'm aware of. Actually, I have a related question for all three of you. Is just when you were making this film, I mean, what? Um, how much did Nelson Mandela come up in the conversations with your subject or your actors, and you know how relevant do you do you feel his presence is in the communities that you worked in? Oh, uh, for me, Gertie is constantly talking about Nelson Mandela, and especially when she started, you know, when she heard about this, it's always a point of reference for her, um, and she was always giving me quotes and quoting him, so I mean, he was, he was a real source of inspiration in her life, and it was, you know, she, she drew from that a lot in the conversations that we had, absolutely. When I went down, and I spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of time with Francia and Lissy Frey, and Francia's very young, she's only 27, um, so she was very excited that, uh, the Nelson Mandela Foundation. She didn't understand or know what TFI is, but she was very excited about that the Nelson, Man Nelson Mandela Foundation was helping tell her story, her community's story. Um, and that was of also great pride to her because she felt that 
it was a way in which to help get her story out to the masses. Um, and because she strongly believes that only with international pressure will then there be change, and I believe this as well, will there be change for them in Colombia, specifically for La Toma, because Colombians, unfortunately, don't really care. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, we didn't talk about Nelson Mandela a lot during the, any of the kind of the rehearsals or that. And I think um, in, a, in, a, in a funny way, because I don't think that people kind of have, you know, for good reason, like a really good kind of, they really look at Nelson Mandela as, as a real, as a real, like someone to aspire to. But there's a, a disconnection where in your day to day life, you don't kind of associate yourself with those kind of qualities. Do you know what I mean? And so it was like, um, I could never kind of say, you know, in a direct kind of way to the actors, like think about, you know, someone like Nelson Mandela, because immediately they just kind of switch off because you don't, you just don't, you don't seem to assume that you and yourself on a day-to-day -day level can ever kind of be, can ever do anything that's kind of of that same value. So, so we didn't talk and that's maybe a bit kind of disappointing, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, the film obviously is a demonstration of that, of that belief um, that you can as an in individual embody that. Yeah, that. hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, okay, and just one last question of you, of the three of you can tell us if you're planning to extend the work that you've done in these shorts into longer pieces, or if not, um, if you can tell us what you're currently working on. Um, well, I'm, I'm finishing up another film, um, a, a feature doc that I'm, I'm hoping to get in the festivals next year, but then once I finish with that, I'm, I'm already in discussions with Gertie and with everyone else who's on the ground in Haiti, and that's where I hope to direct all my attention to go, to go back in there. Uh, yes, we are making it into a longer piece. Um, there's clearly not an ending. <laughs> so we, uh, like I said, we went down, we've done two more production trips since shooting what we shot here. And uh, hopefully, depending on what happens, we'll see um, if it's a positive or a negative situation. But I also am just going to throw this out there. Uh, we have started a Facebook page. And so if you're on Facebook, please do sign up. And I only say that not to promote me, but really to promote the issue and to promote Francia and Lissifre's struggle, um, because it's super important for us. Um, yeah, I'm working on a, a feature kind of feature project, and um, I'm kind of using the I, I tried I try to kind of write it in that way so you could see the, the kind of the tug of war between him wanting to spend time with his friends and being at home and being a dad. And so I think that kind of everyone can kind of relate to being pulled in different directions. So I'm using that as a kind of as a through line for a feature project. Yeah. So. Great. Thank you, guys. And I want to thank especially um, Tamir Mohammed of Tribeca All Access. And I see Eileen Newman, also of Tribeca Film Institute, and Leah Giblin, who, uh, who was an instrumental part of the development of these shorts and the program. Um, also thanks Suzanne of Apple and all the staff at Apple for putting on this event. And uh, most of all, I would like to thank David Alexander, Paula Mendoza, and Michael Collins for making these great films and sharing them with us. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And don't forget, this will be available for free, the complete talk on the Meet the Filmmaker podcast series. And you'll be able to go up there and search for it. Just jump right on into iTunes and search Meet the Filmmaker. And you'll see not only tonight's event, but all the previous ones we've held as well. And apple.com forward slash Soho for all your upcoming events and needs. Always there. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful evening and the best week ever. <laughs>